Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is uh, seven minutes after the hour. Chuck Basie, state representative on board from the CPOA. Dale Roberts is with us. And uh, Garson is on board from Graffs in Mexico. Definitely worth the short ride uh, for the wide selection and variety. Um, Reuters, Fox News, a bunch of others, uh, they've, been, they've run stories about how Americans are now starting to go back to hunting uh, for the first time in a long time because of shortages of uh, meat. Uh, the, the, it's all tied up with uh, Corona. Uh, interrupting the food chain, uh, at least for retail. And the uh, the reports of, uh, you know, upcoming breaks uh, in that food chain and meat plants. I was talking to some ranchers uh, last week, how they're having a hard time uh, making a profit. The ranchers are because of the, uh, the meat processors. So people are going out, going out shooting, to make a long story short. Uh, we just heard a call about squirrel hunting. Uh, I just, uh, you know, that, that nearly pet squirrel... Uh, that used to take a piece of bread out of our hands, uh, and I think about that. And no, I, I I can't eat squirrel. I just I just have a hard time with that. My own problem with that. Have you guys eaten uh, squirrel, Garson? Have you? Yeah, and that was the first um, animal I learned how to tan when I was a kid. And uh, what about uh, Dale? Have you ever eaten squirrel? Once a long time ago, and I. Honestly, don't even remember what it tasted like. It's been so long ago. Chuck? I have not had squirrel uh, by itself, but I have had squirrel gravy, which had squirrel in it. So, And they, they have the Sportsman Caucus at the Capitol has an uh, annual event uh, where they have a squirrel gravy breakfast. So it's, it's not too bad. So, so where, <laughs> where do you go squirrel hunting? I mean... Do you just go out in the woods somewhere where you would normally be hunting deer and start shooting at squirrels in the trees? You could get uh, out here at my farm. There are squirrels all over the place. Um, you, you'd have no trouble getting your uh, your fill or your quota out here. There's a uh, there's actually a quota. Uh, anybody got a good squirrel recipe? No. Okay. Uh, we we always had them crock potted in barbecue sauce. But my buddy Will still is an avid squirrel hunter. I'm sure he's got much better recipes than I. <laughs> you know, I'm all squeamish about this because of that squirrel. But, you know, the, the fact is, if I get hungry enough, I'll eat it. Uh, I'll eat it. Uh, but it is, uh, you know, people are you starting... to eat it to Roscoe. Huh? Give it to Rocco? Is that what you uh, said? Yeah, Rocco. Uh, he is, by the way, uh, as you can tell, sleeping peacefully here. Uh, right on the uh, side of the console, uh, and he, the, the squirrels actually hang out in our backyard because they know he's there and he won't attack them. He'll, he'll you know, he, he just the worst hunting dog in the world. This rabbits uh, stop by and chat with him. I mean, he is just, <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so if you're going to go out hunting for squirrel, what's the best? Uh, is it Garson? Is that a twenty-two? Yeah, my buddy Will uses a twenty-two long rifle, or a twenty-two mag sometimes. You know, if this, uh, and I do think this problem, what, what? Somebody said something here. I, I do think this problem will abate long before it becomes deer season again, which I would think would be the greatest return on your your hunting expedition in terms of food. Um, but uh, what what rifle would you recommend uh, for deer, Carson? 
um, whatever rifle you're comfortable with. <laughs> so my Winchester um, lever action, no, my Winchester no lever action twenty two. Uh, it, uh, yeah, but you know, uh, thirty out six. Uh, can you t would you take an AR uh, to go deer hunting? Yeah, uh, if I had uh, an AR ten and two forty three, um, I think that would make a nice handy uh, deer rifle. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'd be a great deer rifle. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Kevin, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you? I'm good. Don't go or squirrel hunting yet, though, because it starts May 23rd, so it's not even in season. It goes a long time. It goes till fe um, February 15th, and uh, fried squirrel and squirrel gravy, where you get the uh, gravy is from frying the squirrel, is amazing. I had it a lot when I was a kid. Uh, my grandmother used to make it, and my grandfather could skin a squirrel in, like, three moves two cuts and then he grabs the tail and pulls on it and the squirrel is completely naked pretty amazing huh. never learned how he did it though I wish I would have paid more attention while I was young <laughs> alright Kevin thank you for the tip uh, there we go the phone's out again um, I don't know why this is uh, happening but 874-9390 um, toll free number 800-529-5572 time to check in with Garson and find out uh, a couple of firearms from uh, graphs that he'd like to highlight for us. Yeah, so uh, speaking of, you know, hunting, I've got a Browning AB3 Microstalker in 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, the AB3 line is their entry-level line. Um, they're using the same barrels as their A-Bolt, um, so good, high-quality barrel. Uh, they've just, it's got a plastic trigger guard, um, a plastic trigger, um, and then it's in a composite stock, uh, so they you know bring the uh, cost of entry uh, cost of entry down pretty low, uh, and this one's used, um, so it's even cheaper. Uh, so we got this one. It's a 20-inch barrel, and it's got rings on it already. It's got nice um, tally rings um, for $410. Um, the micro stocker is a, a youth or a small statured stock. Um, so that makes it great um, for for those of us who can't uh, handle full size firearms as easily, uh, or if you you know you're hunting late in the season or somewhere where it's a lot colder and are wearing a heavy coat, um, this will compensate for the extra clothing you're wearing. Um, but it's a nice, clean-looking shot or uh, rifle, and uh, I'm going to say it's been shot. A little bit, but um, there's I don't see any heavy wear on it at all. But um, if you're looking for a good deal on a used gun, oh, and it is a, det a detachable box magazine. Um, it's a uh, it's a composite magazine, so it's half metal, um, half plastic. Um, but uh, good, good clean use shot uh, rifle. Sorry, I keep saying shotgun for some reason. <laughs> yeah, um, keep going back and, to it. Uh, Go ahead. Say again? No, no, go ahead. Um, okay, yeah, uh, just a uh, nice, clean entry-level rifle uh, in 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, so if you're looking for a, a cheap way to try out a Creedmoor, um, I got a used one here, ready to go. All right, so... Throw an uh, optic on it, and you're, uh, you're, you're ready to go shoot. 
by the way, uh, we were talking about uh, shooting ranges, and uh, George sent me a message on Facebook. Gadsden shooting range, private, at least 400 yards, two 1,000-yard ranges near Iberia, Missouri. So for that caller that was looking for places to shoot that uh, have a long range, that's another option for you. Uh, what else do you have? And these, by the way, are at uh, uh, graphs right now. In other words, you don't have to wait until Monday when you get back to the building. Well, I mean, technically, they're at my desk right now, so they're not up front. So you got to wait till I take them back up front. Well, I'm sure <laughs> you, you could probably pull that off between now and, say, uh, 10.05. Uh, at least I hope so, because uh, you were moving uh, uh, with alacrity the last time I saw you. Uh, so what else you got? <laughs> Uh, the next one I have um, is the Browning Maxis Wicked Wing. Um, this is kind of a slick-looking shotgun. Uh, the barrel and the receiver are uh, uh, burnt bronze Cerakote. Um, so it's got this, uh, you know, cool uh, brown burnt bronze finish. And then in the finish, um, it's got the pattern... Um, of the camo transferred over to it, um, it's not colored. Uh, it's it's just a, a variation of the burnt bronze. It's a little darker uh, brown uh, that you know matches the pattern of the camo, not the camo's color, but it's the uh, the mossy oak shadow grass on the foreend and the buttstock. Um, pretty slick looking shotgun, um, and then it's got you know an over. A, huge oversized bolt release um it's uh probably a half inch around um so easy to hit with gloved hands um and you're not going to miss it uh doing your uh doing your reloads uh just a phenomenal i mean the Browning max is uh been around for quite a while um it's um, and Vector Plus choked. This is a what, a twenty-eight inch barrel, um, and then it's got this sweet little magazine cutoff, so you can actually unload the gun without having to cycle the bolt every time, um, and you know, risk an accidental discharge. Um, and that's a feature kind of unique to the Browning uh, Gold and Maxis shotguns. Um, Easy to load. Um, it's got a it's got a solid shell elevator. So um, unlike the Benelli's where you can rip your thumbnail off, um, it'd be very hard to do with uh, with this Browning shell elevator. But uh, oh, and it's got a nice uh, big fiber optic front sight for you, and then a solid white mid bead. So um, pretty traditional setup there. But um, what's the price break on that? Oh, these things are going for fifteen twenty nine. Wow! And you've got uh, more than one in stock. Um, I only have one in this finish. Uh, I do have a few other uh, Maxis in stock, and um, I, uh, uh, I I grabbed a Franchi on accident when I meant to grab this one this morning. So Franchi has the same burnt bronze finish, um, but they're using a Cryptex camo pattern, um, and it's. Um, it's starting around a thousand dollars instead of fifteen hundred dollars, but um, they they're so similar in appearance. Um, 
I, I mistook the Franchi for the Brownie this morning. <laughs> wow. Uh, Ch Chuck, when's the last time you went hunting? Uh, January, early January, I went to deer hunting. Went deer uh, hunting? Did you get anything? Well, I, I already had a deer, um, but I had an extra tag. I went uh, crossbow hunting. Um, but I, I got one, uh, a nice buck on opening day. And uh, and what did you do? Did you take it and have it processed? And then uh, Yeah, I uh, actually donated the uh, the meat, and um, uh, I have a taxidermist down there that's uh, taking care of the... Uh, um, Mounting? You know, so. All right. Uh, we got uh, important messages coming, and I can't stop them. State Representative Chuck Basie on board with us. Uh, we've got Dale Roberts. Uh, we're going to pick Dale's brain here in a minute about a case in Georgia. And then uh, Garson Chen on board. Uh, from uh, Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Definitely worth a short ride. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. It is uh, 25 minutes after the hour, and uh, we've only got uh, Chuck uh, Basie here for a little bit longer, so we've got some questions we want to ask him before he gets too far along and leaves us. Dale Roberts in from the CPOA, and Garson Chen. He, Garson is in from uh, Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Uh, whether it's new or used, rifles, shotguns, handguns, uh, if it's ammunition you want, uh, or you're a reloader where you can save a ton of money, they've got all the equipment, the the, the primers, the powder, the bullets, they got it all. Uh, great place to go. Uh, so, uh, Dale, you uh, were listening when uh, Chuck was talking about legislation that was uh, Second Amendment related, and you had a follow-up question that I I'm remiss because I didn't ask, so uh, I'll let you ask it. Well, I just wondered, and I know it's hard for for Chuck or any legislator to give a definitive answer, I guess, but I just wonder what is the chance of those gun bills actually making it to the finish line this year? Well, to totally honest, I'd say very, very slim, and uh, the reason being uh, the number of amendments was put on, so they'd have to go back to the Senate, they'd have to have time to bring it up and uh, either accept it, or if they reject it, uh, then they'd have to send it to a conference committee, and a lot of that stuff would get stripped out then. And um, so i, I trying to be, uh, uh, I, I just don't have a lot of faith in a whole lot of stuff getting passed this year, because... Um, Number one, there's a lot of uh, bickering going on uh, between not only the two chambers, but um, uh, even uh, I'm hearing that even my House leadership is uh, having some some issues getting along on certain pieces of legislation. So uh, all that factors into uh, the finished product. So I, I would say it's very, very slim, but I'm, I'm very hopeful, you know, of course, but um, we'll, uh, we'll know uh, this time next week for sure. You know, hearing those odds after hearing that they they had passed that it's like it's like getting a raise before you fire someone, so they're losing a better job. It's kind of disappointing, uh, but it is a bizarre uh, uh, session with COVID nineteen and all the restrictions, and a lot of stuff just isn't going to get done, is it, Chuck? And no, and but at least uh, you know we we finished the budget and that uh, made it to the governor on time, but. So that'll be out of the way, and that was that took up an awful lot of time with uh, not only a lot of members, but but uh, us in, in session as well. So um, hopefully we're going to move some things, and I'm I'm very hopeful. I think though that uh, those pieces of gun legislation are, are very very good 
good pieces of work. So, but you know, we got to get all the senators on board, and you know, there's always a chance of a filibuster popping up. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Time. Chuck, is there anyone that we should be sending email to to try and encourage that things be moved along, or is that is it too late for that? Uh, no, I, uh, that's always a good point. Uh, I would send an email not only to the Speaker's office, uh, but the majority leader in the House, and uh, send it to the leadership in the Senate, but President Pro Tem Dave Schatz and uh, Senator Caleb Browden. Um, that's the people that you really need to uh, focus on, and and even your state legislature, uh, or excuse me, your state legislator and your senator would be a good person to reach out to and and ask for uh, any any legislation you're interested in to either pass or or not pass. So, like Gary said, BDMP. Um, so so somebody can just go to against it. If we go to house.mo.gov then house.mo.gov will get us to an email address for the speaker. Right, right, and it's the same okay. thing with the Senate, senate.mo.gov, and then it, it's pretty easy to navigate through those uh, those websites. But, but um, yeah, that, that is a very good point, Dale. All right, uh, and following up, you know, we really, um, when you get those calls, does it, it does it, move you one way or the other Chuck? Well, it does it's helpful to get um it's helpful to get for me i'm talking to me you know me personally i'm not trying to speak for anybody else but we get a lot of these chain emails and they all say the same thing and oftentimes the you know they're uh, they're driven by an organization and uh so i, I kind of uh, i don't ignore them but but I, I appreciate the personal. It can even just be one sentence, you know, on, you know, your name and address, and then just say I would appreciate your voting yes or no on on whatever bill it might be. And um, I do keep track of that and pay attention to that very much. So, all right, you know, I've got so I, I, I do have some legislative questions, at least from a personal standpoint, for Chuck Basie. We'll get to that uh, in the next segment of the program, and then we'll talk about the shooting in Georgia. You're listening to Gary on Guns on 93.9 The Eagle. It is 35 minutes after the hour, and uh, we do have a lot to talk about that have to, that has to do with the Second Amendment, firearms, uh, and, and the law. Uh, and we've talked about hunting and a whole host of other things, including calibers uh, for concealed carry and uh, a variety of concealed carry guns. We did that at the very beginning of the program in the first hour. But I now want to talk to Chuck Basie about something that's related in a way, but somewhat distant because... Um, I, I'm curious about the decision-making process for a legislator. For instance, um, I understand and have studied economics, and I know what's what's best uh, for the economy in terms of uh, regulations and taxes. And uh, you know, I'm not sure if a majority of my constituents were to send me a letter saying raise taxes uh, that I would do it. I mean, you know, I may be their representatives, but I'm, I would think I'm also supposed to do what's best for them uh, in spite of themselves. At the same time, uh, as a constituent, I want to know that I'm having an influence that I'll, you know, this is what we want, give it to us, uh, and you're representing us. How do you weigh that out, Chuck? I don't know how you do that. Well, it, it is tough. I'm a, you know, we all um, both sides of the equation, Democrats, Republicans, we all have our core beliefs. 
And, you know, I've been very, very outspoken on my support for not only the Second Amendment, but uh, I'm a pro-life person. I, I get a lot of emails about abortion issues and, you know, anti-gun stances, but those things I will never uh, deviate from. And, uh, but you just have to weigh each issue uh, individually. And as we're going through right now in the legislature, these bills are just getting loaded up with so much stuff. And um, but that's what the conference committee is uh, for. If if there's a lot of stuff that has cost um, that you know we simply can't afford as a state, um, then they, that that gets stripped out. And um, then you know we have that third check that if we do pass a bill that's loaded up, uh, the governor has the option to veto that bill, and that has happened many many times. So um, there's a lot of safeguards built in. But but uh, you know that's a very good point. You know I mean I I uh, I take everything very seriously down there but there's some things that i just won't bend on and um but we do get an awful lot of correspondence from the uh, anti-gun people especially so they're they're very very organized well-funded so but uh having said that uh, that wouldn't sway me a whole lot that's what we like to hear (laughs) all right uh and the other thing is and this is totally unrelated i'm just curious to see if you know federal government uh is supposed to send the state of missouri Millions and millions of dollars. And I'm curious how that shows up. I mean, does somebody in the mailroom drop off a check from the Treasury? Uh, do they have direct deposit? Uh, I, I would assume it would go through the state treasurer's office and and uh, in that, that manner. But uh, good question. But I actually don't know the right answer to that. But I'd assume that's how it works. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if I'm holding a check for like... Thirty million dollars made out from the treasury. It, it almost make me sweat. Yeah, they uh, flying a plane like they did for Iran. Yeah, the, the yeah. budget has actually swelled. I mean, we were looking at about a thirty billion dollar budget, but now with this incoming federal money, it's going to be close to to thirty five billion dollars. So it's it's billions of dollars, Gary, coming towards Missouri from the federal government. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine, you know, like my employer has direct, direct deposit. I, I guess the, probably the federal government does, too. But I'm just curious to say, I wonder who I would, who would I check with that uh, DO, Department of Revenue? Or who would I? I would probably call uh, Scott Fitzpatrick's office, the state treasurer, and um, that that's who I would ask first. Aren't you guys curious? That, did you, have you ever thought about that? How does that get delivered? I don't know. Maybe it's ADD or something. All right, that has nothing to do with guns, but I was just just kind of curious. Uh, this story has gotten national news, and it is one of the ugliest stories uh, that I've seen in the news in a long time. A father and son murdered a black guy. I would say murdered. I guess I, I, we probably should uh, withhold judgment until they've gone to trial, but it, it certainly looks like it based on the story in the video. Father and son uh, see this black guy jogging through the neighborhood. They think he looks like a burglar that's been burgling uh, some of the homes. They have a confrontation, and they shoot this kid dead. He was not a burglar. 25-year-old, uh, he's he's just, you know, on his 26th birthday, the cusp of. <coughs> and... Uh, they really, you know, mishandle us. By the way, law enforcement, I think, mishandled us, too. At least the prosecutor's office did. 
right from the get-go. The uh, father is former law enforcement. Uh, I don't want that to cast a shadow on all law enforcement, but I, I do think that at least the prosecutors screwed this up because this happened quite a while ago, uh, a couple of months, and uh, only now uh, have these two been arrested. But if I'm driving down the street, uh, Dale, and I spot what looks like the description of uh, someone who's been burgling homes in the neighborhood, I'm disinclined to do anything except call the police and say, you know, that guy you're looking for, I, I saw someone fits that description. And that would be, 99% of the time, I'm sure that would be the best course of action. And at the outset, you know, when we talk about something like this, I should say, you know, I don't, the opinions expressed here, I'm not speaking on behalf of the CPOA, I'm just speaking as an attorney. Um, and I don't know Georgia law, I know some Missouri law. Um, yeah, I, you know, the best course of action is almost always call the police, call law enforcement. Um, the, the law in Missouri, I doubt it's much different in Georgia, is that a citizen may lawfully make a citizen's arrest, but that's not a good course of action. As I said, 99 and 9 tenths percent of the time, that's not a good idea. Uh, if a citizen does attempt a, a citizen's arrest, the citizen doesn't have the same legal protections in terms of making a mistake that a law enforcement officer would have. Um, and, you know, if someone tried to stop and detain me, my, you know, reaction is probably going to be to resist. And then you're in what, in this case, the news called a tussle. I'd say it's, you know, more than a tussle. Um, and then, you know, the next step is somebody thinks, okay, now I'm in a fight for my life. I'm going to pull my firearm. And, you know, you have a right to use deadly force to defend yourself under certain circumstances, but not if you started, you know, the situation in the first place. So, you know, that's kind of the uh, quick overview. You're right. The, the shooting took place on February 23rd. Uh, so it's taken a while uh, for this to get to this point. Yeah, I can't imagine in Missouri they would wait for a grand jury. Uh, and, and by the way, two prosecutors had to recuse themselves. They're, they're on their third prosecutor now. But if you're a white, uh, if you're a black kid uh, in Georgia uh, jogging uh, and, and you're stopped by two white guys, you know, I don't, I don't want to uh, overplay the race card here, but I can see where this kid would have wanted to uh, not be accosted by them uh, and might struggle, uh, might fight uh, to disarm them. Uh, but I, I just I just cannot think of an excuse other than cold-blooded murder for what happened. Uh, so let's go through. We've got, we've got to uh, hit a commercial break here. Say uh, so long to Chuck because uh, Representative Basie has uh, some other obligations he has to leave in a few seconds. Uh, and then we'll come back and go through what you should do. Chuck, take care. Thank you for being with us this morning. Well, thank you. Uh, nice talk to you guys. All right. Uh, but Dale Roberts remains, as does Garson. On Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. If you just joined us, let me tell you what you missed. We opened the program this morning. Talking about uh, the most popular uh, uh, rounds for concealed carry, 
Uh, we talked about uh, concealed carry firearms uh, and uh, advantages and disadvantages to different types of holsters, uh, among other things. Uh, we also talked about pending legislation with uh, State Representative Chuck Basie. Chuck was on board with us to tell us, well, really the good news, the bad news. Uh, the good news is uh, a lot of it got passed in the House. Uh, the bad news is uh, it's liable to get sliced and diced in the Senate. Uh, and then uh, we start talking about this uh, uh, this case uh, in Georgia that uh, really uh, struck me as as pretty ugly. There is actually a video of this. Uh, these uh, this father son team. The father is a former law enforcement. Thought this black uh, young black man who was jogging through their neighborhood uh, resembled a video capture of a of a burglar. Uh, from the neighborhood uh they used a gun to try to stop him and uh the net result is this young black male uh was killed and we we're talking about the the proper thing to have done and uh, dale uh, and i agree with this i'm sure uh, that uh, garson does too you see somebody that looks like a bad guy you call the police uh, yeah i mean there's there's no other response to make there that the the video that they claim that he, you know, Ahmad looked like the suspect in the video. It was not an immediate threat to anyone. There's no reason for them to go out and chase this guy down. Um, that was something that, you know, should have easily been handled by law enforcement. And and these guys didn't need to involve themselves in it with it any further than that. You know, one of the points that I always try to make is that uh, those of us who conceal carry never, ever want to use our firearms. I never want to draw it out except to go out and play uh, and target practice and uh, hit the range. If I can help it, that's the only time I ever want to draw my weapon. Uh, that uh, that these guys did uh, on a hunch just strikes me as so dangerous and so wrong. And I have to question, Dale, how a prosecutor uh, could let these guys wander around for two months uh, you know, even without the video, you got to wonder, you, you stop somebody on the street with a gun? And, it, it, you know, it's hard, you know, when you, when you look at some of the reports, uh, one of the reports at that time was that a man had, a, a man, not one of the two suspects, but a man had called police to report there was an intruder in his house. And he described him as a black man in a white T-shirt running down the street. So these guys see a black man in a white T-shirt running down the street. Evidently, they had communicated with the guy whose house had allegedly had a prowler. Again, the smart thing would have been to do would have been to just call the police and let them handle it. Um, they yelled at the guy to stop. And, you know, you look at that video and... The, the young man runs around the side of the truck, and then the next thing you see is he and the shooter, the suspect, are in an altercation. So uh, technically, you don't know who started it, and I'll admit it's a bad situation. Um, I'd advise people don't ever do that, but it's, you know, there there's some question. I suppose a reasonable person could have some question about what actually happened. But having said that, I, I like to think, you know, if it had been up to me, I would have done more investigation two months ago. 
um, than what appears to have been done. Yeah, and I I just wouldn't be stopping somebody. Even if I thought they were a burglar, I wouldn't be stopping them at gunpoint. I might keep an eye no. on them and call the police uh, and let them do it, but I just uh, I just think that was a horrible, horrible mistake. Uh, and, you know, you got to put yourself in the, in the mind of this young black guy who's uh, running in a, a, a suburban neighborhood uh, being stopped by two white guys with guns. Uh, I might be... Uh, inclined to see it the way he did uh 874-9390 the toll-free number 800-529-5572 mike welcome glad to have you on gary and guns how are you i'm trying to learn as i go hey gary how you doing doing well thank you well i haven't really looked at this that closely and i don't know the story but i want to ask a question about when the uh the altercation next to the pickup began was that guy open carry? Uh, was the the uh, the guy that got shot? Was he trying to take his weapon? And if he was, does that change anything? Knowing that if, if those guys all you know initiated the altercation, if somebody's trying to grab your weapon in a legal sense, does that change anything? And I know you don't have much time, so I'm gonna get on out and listen. All right, Mike. Thank you for the call. Uh, I don't know. I think if you uh, uh, pull a gun uh, on me. Uh, I'm going to think the worst. I'm going to try and defend myself. You know, stop or I'll shoot or whatever it is. Uh, I'm thinking uh, this is this is going to be uh, this is going to end badly. Uh, Dale. Well, and for starters, I mean, there's there's perhaps blame to go around. I mean, mostly on one side, I'll admit. But you know, if someone pulled a gun on me, I think my first reaction, you know, if they're yelling, stop, raise your hands, would be to stop and raise my hands. I don't feel like I have the empty hand skills to take on somebody who is holding a firearm. Um, on the other side of the ledger, you know, the, the guys with the firearm at that point had absolutely no need to pull a firearm. One of them was a shotgun, so obviously it's, it's not like it's concealed, but uh, the guy with the pistol, I, I think he had no reason to pull his pistol out. So, uh, you know, I, I just don't understand, you know, the, the jogger. Well, you know what? I, if I, you pull a gun on me and I'm not armed, if I just, you know, turn myself over to you, I'm for sure going to lose. Uh, maybe I lose in the confrontation, but I'm going to I'm going to do my best to get a bite of the sandwich. Uh, I, I I think I might see that just a little differently, but I am pleased to tell you that uh, Mike Hester, uh, who has a law enforcement background by all means, would know uh, what he you know were at least uh, interested in his opinion. Mike, welcome. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. Hey, uh, I've tuned through, heard the discussion. I'm a lieutenant with the Columbia Police Department. Uh, I just want to echo the good advice that's been given. What we want in the Columbia area is for you to call the police on 911 and stay back and walk us into them. In other words, you can stay on the phone with the dispatcher if the guy keeps running or walking, and we will find and you. A, a situation um, to this, a similar situation to this happened in South Columbia a few weeks ago where there were some people going up and trying people's doors, and the, and the caller stayed back and did not try and interject himself into the situation and let police handle it. That's right. And, and as the police, we try to protect all citizens' rights. So you'll be protected by calling in suspicious activity and the citizen you're complaining on who may well be innocent. Uh, you're, we can also protect his rights by letting us go handle it. So I, I just think you guys have given good advice. Uh, 
once you pull a pistol, just like you were saying, you've entered into a legal and civil arena that you may not be prepared for the consequences. So, I, I you know, it's a tragedy this young man was killed. And uh, as folks out there who are trying to protect your community, I'll just encourage you to use some common sense about that stuff. Stay. That's great advice. Uh, Mike, thank you for being with us. Dale Roberts, Garson, thank you for being on board. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day, Carpe Diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.